I believe everyone has a story to share. I'm on a journey to discover the magic inside each person's story. Each week, I will introduce you to guests where I will dig deep and uncover the beautiful miracles from life and experiences to inspire and encourage you to live life to the fullest. My goal is to give each guest a platform to share their lives with the world in hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Donner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. This new episode I'm about to share with you has made me reflect on my life and look back at my 20s. The feeling or word I get is lost. I graduated college, had many random jobs, nothing I went to school for. I remember being in college thinking, I am here because this is what I am supposed to do after high school. So that's what I did. I had no passion for anything and really was just floating in life. Many friends got their degree and had amazing careers right away with a great salary, but not me. I was just searching. I won't go into much detail, but if you haven't listened to episode one, go back and hear my search for my meaning and how my life unfolded. Now in my 50s and raising two daughters, it's imperative that I introduce them to things and ideas and get their brains moving toward what really inspires them. I am constantly teaching them mindset tools that will be a guide when there are decisions to make or really just how to be in this world. They are too young now, of course, to pick their degree or even if they will choose to go to college, but I want to be there to empower their minds, to inspire them to think what really interests them. As a result of many masterminds I've been a part of and classes I've taken recently, I have discovered I have a passion to help teenagers create a growth mindset that will set them up for life. What really hit me is if I knew the mindset tools and strategies I know at 51 years old, in my teens, my life would have been entirely different. Well, at least I would have had the mindset tools to help me navigate through my decisions and life choices. I have been coaching many teenagers in the past few months create a growth mindset that will help them not only right now, but for the rest of their life. As most of you know, doing this podcast was a result of listening to that little voice inside saying, do it. And I did. I didn't know where it would lead me, but knew after I started, the rest would unfold. That's what I call trust and surrender. Surrender to God and allow what is going to happen and know it's for your highest good. Those little voices I always say are God saying you are made for more, just go do it. And helping teenagers see who they really are and the power they have in this world is my passion. It wakes me up in the morning at 4 a.m. And when I see these messages from them, it lights up my soul, which is a sign that I'm on the right path. I found my passion and purpose through this podcast after 51 years old. Who would have thought? And remember, I have a 14-year-old and an almost 12-year-old, so I'm witnessing such a need in this era, which are mindset tools. So if you're wondering why I'm going off on a tangent about all this, it's because of my next guest, Jordan Aftanis. She is in her 30s and realized early on she wasn't doing what she felt she was put on this earth to do. She kept questioning her life, but at such a young age. And the most amazing thing about it is she listened to that voice within her soul. 
I don't want to give away her incredible story, but I can't wait to introduce you to her so you can get inspired by the magic she has experienced in her life by taking action because that's where the real magic happens. So without further ado, please welcome Jordan to Uncover Your Magic. Hi. Hi, welcome. That was so sweet. (laughs) Oh, I just, you know, I, like I was telling you before we hit record, I, you know, I listened to, we had our talk before this weekend and listening to your story and I was, I relate to it in that way. And I thought if I could introduce you in a relatable way and what, how, gosh, if I had what she had during my Mm twenties, my life would have completely been different. Maybe it wouldn't have, maybe this was the path I was supposed to be on. And I had all, you know, it was all for a reason and I'm at the perfect place, Mm -hmm. but I really look at you with these tools that you didn't, you were just, they were just so innate in you and you just blossomed so young and you just really figured out what you were meant for and what, you know, just really had this desire and the trust and Mm -hmm. it's all that surrender and trust. So with that, I would love for you to share with these listeners, your story, how you were, you know, kind of how you were raised and how your parents, what you had as, you know, as you were growing up and then on to college and where that little light bulb hit. Mm, Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot, a big place to start. I will say when I was young, I always had a very curious mind. So anytime I do personality tests, I'm always a questioner, you know, Mm. like where it's like, you're a leader or this or that. And like questioner is always the one that comes up for me. Mm-hmm. And what's funny is when I, I think of that, I remember I got it and I was questioning it. I was like, well, I don't know how accurate this is. And, <laughs> you know, I don't think I'm a questioner. And then later it's like, you're probably questioning that you're a questioner, which oh, I just funny. died laughing. So I've just always had a really curious mind, but I've always had a lot of emotions. Like I always had a lot of internal dialogue and, you know, just processing of who I am. It felt like at a young age, I was having existential crises or just like the, (laughs) who am I? Why am I here? What's the purpose of all of it? So I just felt like I was always asking myself those questions. And so, I mean, I guess to begin I felt lost a lot. Like when you use the word lost, I felt lost a lot of like how to process what I was feeling internally. One of my first steps was beginning to journal. I started to write and journal when I was like 13. I really identified with words and lyrics and music and just having people explain something in a way that I couldn't comprehend. And so I think I was always searching for wisdom, like for like how to answer my curiosities and how to find this wisdom. And I think we talked about this in our other call, but when I was younger, I got bullied really bad. Like, you know, and Mm -hmm. I think everybody has experiences of, you know, kids being mean or that, this or that. But when I was in fourth grade, I got bullied really bad to the point where someone just made it so I had no friends. They were like, I don't like you and I'm going to make everybody else not like you. And so what I think happened at that moment, because you don't understand that, you don't understand why is everybody being mean or making fun of me for just silly things. Like I broke my nose and people made fun of me for having black eyes or I broke my pinky Mm. and they made fun of it for being crooked. It was just this weird rejection. Like I felt, I felt so rejected just inherently for who I was. And so I believe like the story that was planted at that moment was who I am is wrong who I've like showed up as in the world, there's something inherently wrong and unacceptable about it. And if I want to be accepted, I have to morph and change and I have to kind of 
find my way to belong that is acceptable to the other people, to Hmm. people outside of me. Did your mom and dad, were they aware of that? Were you like open with them when you would come home from school saying all those things or did you keep, keep it to yourself? Well, that's my, you know, 30-year-old intellectualized version of it, right? I think when I was in fourth grade, I didn't really know. I mean, my parents were divorced. I didn't have a close relationship with my father. My mom was there. But, you know, I think at the time, you know, I don't know if she knew the extent and or if if I had the words to articulate what I was feeling. I just remember it being really hard and sad. And at that point, I'm sure she was like, I'm not sure what to do. You know, like, I don't know as a parent what you do when your kid's being treated that way. You know, I remember having that as a place to go, but, you know, to feel comforted and loved by, you know, my family, which was always really wonderful. But yeah, I just, I remember that story, just who I am is wrong. And, and it was so lonely and so hard. And so then as like time went on and like, I think it was in sixth grade when I started to develop more friendships, I remember I'm like, I will be who I have to be to maintain these friendships. Like I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll do whatever. And I think that's the moment where I really started to lose myself. Like where I really started to change who I was to fit in with other people. And I don't think it's an instant process. I think it's like the, the moments that we slowly begin to compromise who we are. And they build and they build and they build. And then at some point you look back and you don't even recognize yourself. You know, you're like, do I enjoy these people? Do I enjoy what I'm doing? Does any of this mean anything to me? And I was listening to your, your original podcast and we talked about, well, you just do the things you think you're supposed to do. And I just remember, I just remember deeply knowing that there was more at one point. I remember it was like when I was in college and I was 19 And I knew I wanted to like move away and go to a different school and go to art school and like explore this bigger version of myself. But I was terrified. I was so scared. And I just remember sitting at a bus stop and being like, I'm so bored. I'm so unhappy with everything that's around me. I was partying and I had a really not great group of friends. And, you know, I just, it felt all so superficial. And I was like, there has to be more, like there has Mm -hmm. to be a deeper way to experience myself or my life, you know? And that's kind of when I knew I wanted to move away. I knew I wanted to go to art school. I knew I wanted to be in a town that had more culture and just more things to offer where I could feel more like myself. And So I started to explore all these different towns and these different cities and I visited all these colleges and I finally found Portland, Oregon and I completely fell in love with it and I knew that's where I wanted to go. It kind of hit all my check boxes after doing extensive research of traveling all over places and when I moved to Oregon, that was kind of my, I think that was my turning point in my life where I was like, I'm going to do me. Like, I'm going to try to be me. I have no idea what that means. And, but I'm tired of not being myself in order to make other people happy or to satisfy other people's desires. And I just wanted to, to begin my journey of fully embracing who I was. That was just kind of the birth moment of that, of I'm going to be me. I don't know what so that is. going back to when you had that day at the bus stop or yeah. even the day at home when you're saying, I'm going to leave this place where I've grown up probably your family, you know, grew up there. I don't know, but I think that was your solid foundation, Mm -hmm. but to go into the unknown at that age. 
Yeah, that's a, like that's really something. As you know, for me at that age, I would never have. I, I mean, I did have that in me, mm-hmm. and I know that I I knew it, and it took me a few years to go. Okay, I need to move, and I know this isn't me. This is not doesn't feel right, and yeah. I know there's more to this life than living in this little box that I've been raised in. You know, mm-hmm. and I think now looking at that from where I am now, you know, you look back at the the town that you lived in. And if I stayed there, gosh, you know, yeah, <laughs> it's, there's, I just don't, I mean, I'm sure I would have found magic, but you know, when people learn how to take those steps, even if it's that, that fear or the, you know, stepping, it's always, everything's on the other side of fear, right? Right. Everything is always on the other side. And if people realize that and just take that step and yeah. trust and surrender mm-hmm. like you did, and then you were like, oh my gosh, here I am. I'm going to become who I'm supposed to be, not who everyone thinks I should be. Yeah. And I love that. So continue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I think what's interesting is that sometimes you hit those moments a little bit easier, like with a little bit more grace of like, I'm going to come to this opportunity and I'm going to risk it and I'm going to move forward. Maybe it's moving, maybe it's a new job, maybe it's signing up for some training. That's really exciting. But for me, when I made that decision, it was because I was utterly miserable right? Like sometimes Mm -hmm. we hit the threshold of our misery and we're like, this cannot be the reality anymore. And to me, that was my, I'm hit my threshold. And I was like, I'm miserable. There's no way I can stay here. So trying something new felt like less of a risk because what I was currently experiencing couldn't be sustainable. I was like, I can't be in this circumstance. I can't stay on the, the path or the track that I'm on because where I see it going seems awful. Like, and I think that's one of my mindsets of like, when I feel unhappy, or if I feel like what I'm doing is not serving me, I often try to visualize what would happen if nothing changed. Like if I stayed exactly where I was, if I didn't move, if I continued in say a relationship I was in or around the people I was in or the work environment I was in, like what would happen if that never changed? And if I, if in the visualization, it seems not like I can be happy or fulfilled or just not aligned, then it usually helps me figure out how I could make a change. And again, like at 19, that's not what I really realized was happening. It was just, I'm miserable. I want to escape. Like I'm not happy and I want to make change and I'm not sure what that is, but it, it can't be this. And so now when I come to those moments, it can be a little bit more thought through of being like, I know this isn't serving me. So what changes do I need to make in order to create an, like a, a life or a, a way of living that feels much more aligned to who I am. But again, this is language I didn't have. It was just escape pain was, right. was, was the tactic. Right. And, and I think we talked about this earlier, but for me, one thing that made that choice feel safe or okay was because I gave myself permission to go back if I needed to. Cause I think a lot of the times, like we think, you know, people that are bold or make big moves or take risks or do all that, those things, they, they don't have fear. And I have fear all the time. I still have fear. And I had a lot of fear then, but I think the people that push past it just have a more harmonious relationship with fear. Like they can see it they can hear it, but they don't let it enable them to move forward. Mm -hmm. And so for me, what helped me work with my fear was, okay, I'm really scared to move across the country, but if it's horrible, if it's miserable, if it's nothing what I expected, then 
I can always go back to Virginia. Like Virginia is not going anywhere. And for me, I just, I like that feeling of I'm going to try. I'm going to try and see what happens. And because I can't live with the regret of I didn't try for Mm -hmm. me. I don't know why in my mind, it's like the regret part is, feels worse to me than the risk. It outweighs that for sure. Do you remember, so when you get to Portland and you're 19 and you're at this new school, like you're trying to create who you really truly are down into your soul, right? You're going to start to create this, this real Jordan. Yeah. Do you remember like where were, did you see the breadcrumbs? Were you starting to follow this little lead that you're feeling like, oh, I'm inspired to do this. Oh, I'm inspired to do this. And like really listening to those little voices in your head. Yeah. I think what was really cool was just Portland in general made me feel more like myself because I was like starting to get into like food and like cooking and healthy eating. And I've always just thought of myself as like, you know, I just like to be friendly. And, and it was just funny when I got to Portland, I was like, oh, there's more people like me that they like food and they like handcrafted things and they like reading and you know, the keep Portland weird thing. Like I was called weird so much when I was growing up just because I had different tastes than, you know, everybody. And I just liked that, that Portland felt like a safe place to just explore and be myself. And there were so many different things that I could try out. And so I really loved that. And I went to school and I loved art school. Like I went from being kind of like a, a C student, B minus student in just, you know, a traditional college setting to when I was in art school, I was like straight A, front of the class, loved homework. Mm-hmm. Like, and it was because I was finally doing something that was intellectually engaging. And mm-hmm. it was in a way that I like to learn because I just thought I wasn't smart because I wasn't good at just hearing like historical facts and regurgitating them. And that's what I thought was intelligence. And so, and that's one form of intelligence. But when I went to art school, it was like our projects were like three months long and they were group projects and we like, and they were things that you would do in the real world. I don't know. It just worked for me. It just all Mm -hmm. made sense. And it was like, I was finally able to feel like lit up with what I was doing. And I didn't have that feeling for a lot of my life. I remember a lot of my life being like, why don't I have a passion? You know, what's wrong with me that I don't have my thing that I know that excites me. And what I've learned over my journey is that we have to, I love this term of like, we have to date life. Like we have to try things out. We have to be curious. We have to like, just kind of be open-minded to what is beginning to spark our interest. And what does it look like to go further with that? And I actually think a lot of the things that have changed my life are when I've just followed those curiosities and been okay with quote unquote, dating life, like just trying it out and see what happens. And it's funny to do that at a older age. I thought when you were young, you find your passions, like when you're seven, you realize you love movies and then your whole life, you're just going to be dedicated to making movies. And it took me a long time to figure out what are the things that I'm interested in that light me up. And then the more I tasted it, the more I wanted to do that. So I think it started with school. I loved my school. I loved my education. I got an incredible job outside of college. I um, started working at a really prestigious ad agency. So my career started in that realm and I enjoyed it, but it still felt really misaligned for me. Like I really wanted to make it work. It was an incredible opportunity and I fought really hard in the work that I did to try to, to grow and be successful. 
but it still felt off. Like it still was that, like you're talking about that voice inside of me. That's like, I don't think this is what I meant to be doing, mm-hmm. but this is what everybody says you're supposed to do. Like right. you go to college and then you get a really good job that has good benefits. And you know, the company I was working for was like very hard to get into. So I was like, okay, I guess I got to stay and make this work because this is what everybody says is success. So I'm going right. to keep doing that. You know, watching you talk and how you, when you lived in Virginia and your energy, and I always say, you know, to people, like when you get to Portland, it lights you up, right? Like, oh, I finally feel like some things, you know, I feel like I belong here. I relate to this area. You know, all these things are lighting things up in me Yeah, because I'm now kind of excited, right? Like, I think the minute you change your vibration mm-hmm. and you did when you got there, it's like, oh my gosh, the school's amazing. Oh my gosh, the cooking and healthy. And yeah. I want to be weird or, you know, all those things, but you're seeing, totally. you're creating what's really been inside of you because you're in this high vibration too, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but even watching you on our talk, your whole energy shifts when you start talking about that. It's so interesting. Yeah. I just had to bring that up because it's yeah. so true. When you do have that, I always say, get in by high vibration, get in alignment, you know, get excited. Yeah. And then the magic happens. Then it's going to yeah. all start pouring in. And you're going to watch those, you know, those little things that keep coming because you don't have your blinders on or yeah. you know, you're not looking at your feet. You're looking ahead, you know, you're looking yeah. up. And yeah. that's what I see in you there. So mm-hmm. anyway, continue on. So you're at the ad agency. Yeah. And actually before that, I think one of the things that was really life-changing to me was when I was in college, I knew I always wanted to do a study abroad and my school didn't have study abroad. So I was like, well, I'm going to make my own study abroad then. I'm just going to take a term off and I'm going to go travel. And I don't know why, but it was like the voice inside of me was Bali. Like you're going to go to Bali. Wow. I want to go there. (laughs) Man, it's magical. (laughs) Speaking of magic. And this was, you know, let's see, this was about seven years ago before it was like super trendy. It was like getting trendy. Now it's like, you know, I, most people I know that are big travelers have gone there and that's so cool. But at the time I only knew a couple people that had went. And so somehow I convinced my friend to go, I was like, let's take a couple months off. Let's go to Asia. And I was 23 at the time. And it was just one of those things where it's like, I couldn't comprehend how everything fell into place. And it was a really big trip for me. So I knew, I think we did two and a half months. We did Bali, we went to Nepal, and then we went to Thailand. And and that moment was, I think, one of the most powerful moments because for me, I was like, I'm doing this just for me. So when I moved here, I actually moved with a boyfriend I was dating at the time. And we broke up and then I really just wanted to do something for myself. And I think when people want to go wander and backpack and travel, like there is a part of you where you're lost and you're hoping your travels help you find something, yourself, purpose, happiness, you know, whatever it is. And that trip was such a powerful way for me to step into myself, like to just be like, I'm doing this just for me, not because somebody else told me to do it. And it was scary and it was hard to prepare for it. Like I had to save and I had to plan and I had to work hard. And like, it was one of the most in like, oh my God, I can't even explain how incredible the experience it was. And I always liked travel, but that trip really put me over the edge of like, you know, travel is like my soul's food. Like when I feel lost or needing myself or wanting to open my mind to new possibilities, like 
travel has been the thing that has helped me come back to my own healing journey time and time again. So when you're in all these amazing places, are you making an effort in your mind to set an intention to learn something or grow or meet people? Absolutely. I mean, for that one, it was, I think, just, I want to do this and I think it'll be really incredible and I want to have amazing experiences. And that was kind of the intention for that one of just, you know, I wanted to feel a sense of independence. Like I was 23 I wanted to feel like I was on my own feet, like really rooted in my own feet and I could like do this, you know, and I saved up. And so I think it was just more feeling the strength of like, yeah, like accomplishing something kind of crazy. Like I was just like, like we hiked in the Himalayas in Nepal and I just remember being on the bus there and I couldn't comprehend that I made it. Like I was like, how am I here in Nepal? Like it was... (laughs) so surreal and so empowering. And I think as women, like it's such a a beautiful thing for us to feel our own power and like capabilities of doing something. Mm -hmm. So when I've traveled, I think it's built that within me of like, things are possible. Cause I remember I booked a flight to Nepal and I didn't even know where it was on a map. I was like, that just sounds really crazy and amazing. And it was a dream. And then when you're in the moment after the dream has come to fruition, I think it's so powerful to soak that totally. in and be like, I made this happen. Yes. I made that's this dream the power. happen. Yes. That's what empowers you. That's what believes, that's what makes the next step or the next step across the fear threshold, even, yeah. you know, easier, right? Cause you're more empowered by each thing. You're like, oh my gosh, I did this. Yeah. Okay. I know. I, now I think I can do that. Yes. It just takes you higher and higher in life. And if yeah. people could see just taking that one little baby step mm. and getting there and going, whoa, look at what I did. It yeah. wasn't hard. You know, it's never hard. You just make it hard. Well, I don't know. I mean, it can be hard, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't think it's a right. bad thing for things to be challenging because if everything came easy, then I don't think we would grow. So for me, I do my trip both like to Portland. And when I did my trip to Asia, like it was hard in terms of like, it was discipline. It took planning. It took sacrifice. Like there was times where I, cause I was only waitressing and I would put all my tips in a piggy bank. And then sometimes I'd put too much money in the piggy bank. And then I would be like, I need to eat like whatever leftovers are at the restaurant for dinner. Cause I have no money and no food. So it's like, it takes sacrifice, but you can still make it happen. Right. And so when you do those things and you soak in the moment of like, wow, that was crazy. And it was a dream and it's here and I'm in it and I did it. And so I think because I've done things that feel kind of bold or audacious, like they, I have these pivotal moments, like that was one moving across country was one quitting my job was one starting a business. And I think what I try to do is I I reflect back of like, well, here's some of the other things I've done. And they all started small. They all just started with an idea and the momentum built until I was felt brave enough to take the leap or do the big thing. How do you start? I know you're into coaching now and that's, we'll get to that, but you know, how do you tell somebody that has that fear and they haven't done any trips to be empowered in the moment and they're still in their hometown and they're sitting there working as a waitress, collecting tips and a piggy bank, hoping maybe one day they'll get the, Mm -hmm. you know, the guts to go do something. How do you get that? How do you change that mind? Yeah, a lot of it first, like when I work with clients in that capacity, because they'll have a big and brave idea and they'll want to do it. But all the fear, all the layers of the stories that they've told themselves like are holding them back. 
So I always think the start is just naming it, like naming what is so scary, like meet yourself where you're at with compassion. Like that's okay to be scared. Like it's okay. And we're neurologically hardwired to have fears and to be like adverse to risk. Right. And so for me, it's like, meet yourself with compassion instead of like, why am I not there? Why am I not this big risk taker? Just be okay with where you're at. And I believe it's a process to build your trust with yourself. And I think when we set the intention of how do I begin to trust myself? How do I begin to not only trust myself and like my capabilities, but trust in like what is given to me? Like, even if it's hard on the other side of this risk, like trusting that that's okay, or that's part of my journey or that I will grow from it. So it is beginning to develop the word trust, I believe. Like first we start it with ourselves of like, I, I can do this. Like I trust that I could do this. And then the, la- the other layer is I trust I can handle what comes my way. And I believe, I believe we have to build that trust through reflection and action. So we have to like, we have to reflect and be clear as to where we feel like we are in the moment. And then we have to, I think it's for me, I like slower builds to bigger things. Like if your big idea is I want to move across country or I want to quit my job, like I would say start with steps that begin to build your trust, like start to take smaller actions that feel like that give you that sensation of building your trust or the, Oh, I can do it. Or this can be possible. Like if you want to quit your job and open a retreat center, that's going to be a big leap from one to the other. But what if you hosted like a weekend, you know, getaway with your best girlfriends and you made it feel like the retreat and they loved it and you planned it and you figured it out and you're building that trust within yourself. So I think it's how do we set the intention to continue to build our trust with ourselves? And even if you are like the example you said of like you're in a hometown and maybe you feel like you haven't been bold or taken risks or anything... I lovingly disagree. I think no matter where we are in life, like we've all done something that felt brave, right? Even if it's like I signed up for the spelling bee when I was in third grade and I was really scared and and I did incredible or I asked out this guy, you know, to the dance or whatever. Like even if they mm-hmm. feel small, we all have moments that we've taken a risk, that we've crossed a threshold, that we've been courageous. And I think it's like, how do we build that reservoir within ourselves so that we begin to feel that sense of trust. Does that land? Does that make sense? Completely. But do you teach these people, are they journaling? Are they having this, do you teach them these rituals to have? How do you get them? What's the first step to get them to trust? I know they're going to think of all the things they did and they've been brave before. So that's like, you know, building up that, but what else do you, what else other things? Yeah. I mean, I definitely think one of my favorite exercises is to write down all of your accomplishments that you've had in life, big or small. And accomplishments don't have to be external. They can be internal of like how you've grown. An accomplishment could be, I ended a toxic relationship because it felt good, you know, because I knew I needed that. So like one thing I love to have people do is write down all their accomplishments that they feel like they've had big or small, but most of the ones that made them feel like alive, that they like crossed a threshold, that they did something brave. And then the next thing that I like to see is all the actions that you've taken to accomplish that. So say you got your college degree, like write down all the actions that it took you to get there. Like 
you know, I stayed at the library late or I got student loans or I I had three jobs. Like we are all capable of really amazing things. And I think we just forget to soak that in. And, And for me, I find with women, it's even harder for us to celebrate our wins and our growths and our accomplishments. So for me, I'm constantly encouraging people like soak in the feeling of how great you are, how much you've worked and how much you've accomplished. And then the next thing is like, what are the themes that you've created in your life that have caused those achievements? So for instance, like one of my themes is that I feel like at potent moments, I take action where I'm like, oh, this is a window. I'm going to take an action in this window. Or when I meet people that I'm really intrigued by what it could mean for us to work together, I always strike up a conversation. And those are just themes because that has been a thing I've done regularly. So I find when we identify these things, like our themes, our work ethic, like our values, our accomplishments, like it begins to develop a sense of awareness of like how we will continue to show up in the future. So if those actions are, well, I work really hard or I'll do what it takes to pay my bills or I'm a really good listener or I'm very kind to people, like those are going to be continuous ways that you show up, I believe. And -hmm. you can utilize those as ways to like build your trust and to with yourself and to take more risks and step forward, I believe. Yeah, no, totally. But so when you decide you're going to be this mindful mindset coach, what do you, what is your title? What do you call yourself? Oh, I'm a strategist and a coach. So yeah, I kind of do the gamut of all of it. My training is in strategy originally in my career. And then I call myself a coach, a life coach, but I absolutely love my work. And it was such a journey to get here. You asked me, how did I make the decision or what? Yes. How did you go from working at that advertising company, quitting it, Yeah, went and traveled, and then you're going to come back and be, start your business? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so before I quit my job, the thing that sparked my desire for that was about a year into that job, I decided to do yoga teacher training. And that again was one of those things where it was like the voice inside of me, I wanted to do it. I had no idea why. I just loved my teachers. I loved the studio. I loved the way I was beginning to feel in my body through the practice. And I remember having so much turmoil around should I sign up for it? Do I think I'm a yoga teacher? Like, who do I think I am? Like just all this inner critic dialogue around who do you think you are to do yoga teacher training? Like you've only been practicing yoga for a couple of years. And I hadn't spent that kind of money on myself in that way. Like where I was just like, I'm just gonna do this to do it, you know? And I had, you know, people in my life that were supportive and they were like, just do it. Just, it'll be wonderful. And that was the first time I dedicated that much time and energy to my practice with myself, like where it was so much more than yoga poses. It was like philosophy and meditation and like healing and spirituality and connection. And, and it was, it was so much work and dedication and such a deep inward journey. And it really changed my life to be with myself in that way. So I'd never really committed that much time and energy to be with myself before. Mm -hmm. And I remember I fought it. I was like, I'm not going to be a yoga teacher. I'm in advertising. Like that's my career. This is just for fun. And for, in order to graduate, you had to teach a class, like a practicum class. And I invited my friends and, you know, and it was full, like it was like 25 people, which is a lot when you're a brand new teacher. (laughs) It was terrifying. 
And I remember at the time I had just lost a family member and I had my practicum class like scheduled and I was so scared to teach and I was so scared to teach while I was in grief, like in the middle of grieving the loss of a family member. And I did a Dharma talk in the beginning and I just, I don't even remember what it was about, but I remember it being really genuine and raw, like just being like, you know, life ebbs and flows and the power of what we do in this room is to, we get to be with it. We get to heal. We get to be in community. And I taught my class. And at the end, I like read a poem. <laughs> and I remember like multiple people were like crying and they were just like, that was so honest and beautiful. And it really touched me. And I had multiple people share their experience with me. And it was so funny because at that moment, I was like, I've never felt that fulfilled in my life. Mm -hmm. I've never felt that sense of like, this is what I'm here to do is to help people connect with themselves. But because you were real, you know, you were authentic. People are so drawn to that. You know, people these days think, you know, we have to be perfect and, you know, all the social media filters and all that, but people are drawn to that imperfection and that real and that raw and that what you're saying is coming from your heart. Mm -hmm. And when you do that, it touches them so much. That's when you get that fulfillment, right? That you're Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, this is what I'm made to do. I'm so fulfilled. This is my passion, right? It comes from that being authentic and showing them who you really are. You know, absolutely. I love absolutely. that. Yeah. And when, especially when you want to run away, like you're like, I don't want to, I did not want to do it. I didn't want to be raw and open and like share that part of me. And, but I had to, like, I was committed, <laughs> you know, I had to do right. it to graduate. And what that did was, and it didn't make me be like, I want to quit and be a yoga teacher, but it made me realize I really want to help people connect with themselves. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that looks like. Because like I'd been in my advertising career and I'd been growing and getting all these, like I'd had all these great opportunities. And I was like, not one day in my career have I felt as rewarded as I did in that moment where I got to help people be with a part of themselves that they hadn't been able to feel or be with before. And that was for, you know, that was what connected for me. And I think everybody else's purpose and their light and what their dharma is and what lights them up, like that all gets to be different. But for me, it was like, I got to show a part of myself that I was, that was so scary, you know, when I was growing up of that feeling of rejection of showing that part of myself in a room of people Mm -hmm. and to have it received and not just have it received, but it helped them feel better. And so it was at that point that I was like, I know I have to do something with this, but I have no idea. And I fought it, fought it, fought it because it was really inconvenient. Like I was on this path, I was making good money. Like I was like at a great, I had a great job at a great business. And, but I had this voice in the back of my heart saying like, you're meant for this other thing. I don't know what this other thing is, but it's there. And so for me, cause you and I have talked, it's like, how do you unlock your magic? How do you begin to discover that? And I mean, if you like my journey up until that point was a lot of just trying and being curious, like, and not having the answers, like not knowing what this thing will lead to. And that's right. okay. Like when I did yoga teacher training, it was such a pivotal moment in my life. And I had no idea why I wanted to do it. I was like, I just like yoga, you know? And by dedicating that time and energy to my practice, blew my heart and my mind open. Like it just like, and I think that's like the message I love to like give people. It's like, follow those inherent voices inside of Mm -hmm. you. 
that they, it's just like, I, I like to think of it as a deep knowing without needing proof. Like, you know it to be true and you might not see the proof in the outside world, but like, you know it, you know it to be true for you. And the other thing is like, be brave to invest in yourself. Like that was me. I was scared to spend the money on doing that. And it changed my life. I was scared to like spend the money to travel to Asia and that changed my life. So it's like, I think I've seen the return of what it's like to invest in myself. And it doesn't always have to just be monetarily, but with your time and your energy and for not the purpose of just a return in your career, but just like, I want to nurture a part of me that is asking to be nurtured. And mm-hmm. I think it's through this training or this practice or this travel or this trip. Like, I just want to do it for me. And the moments I've done that and honored that part of me, it's completely changed my life. Oh, I love that. And I, you know, I look back at my life and thinking of things that light me up. It's when I've given or when I've served or when I've made a difference. And I, you know, to having daughters and maybe one day you'll have children, you'll be an amazing mom, but you know, just relaying that to them. And when you give, that's your biggest gift is that's giving and serving and yeah. letting someone see in them their magic. Mm-hmm. That's when I get lit up. Yeah. When you say the yoga lit you up and, you know, I used, I had a day spa, you know, before in my old life, before children yeah. and that lit me up because I didn't know how to do it. I just did it. And I just kept going and just kind of let it unfold. And then the magic was coming from these people that were so happy. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, lighting these people up. And this is what gives me so much joy. Yeah. And this podcast, like I said in the introduction, you know, I mean, just one of those little things in my mind, this little nudge that was saying, I think you should do a podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've met these you, I would never have met you, mm-hmm. but to have these little moments that I've had during this, the last, you know, four or five months, of meeting these amazing people in this thing that I just said yes to and thought I just should do it. Yeah. I'm going to do it. I'm going to listen to that little voice. And then you're like, that's the magic. It's that action, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what, what I think is really amazing is I think we all have those. We, I know, I don't think we all have that voice inside of us and you can call it whatever you want to call it. It's like intuition, like, inner knowing, God, spirit, whatever, like it's you, it's inherently you and we all have it. But we also have all this other clutter in our mind that quiets that voice or pushes that voice down. And I think like the work we have to do and the work that I try to constantly do is to like turn the volume up on that voice. And I think we do that through action, right? Of like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I have this voice of this to do a podcast. So, okay, I'm going to go buy the microphone, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm going to take little actions like forward. So that voice feels honored. And then when it's returned to you, like, so, you know, my voice was, I want to move to Portland or I want to move away. And then when I took the actions, like I was heavily rewarded and it like built up my trust with myself. And it also allowed that voice to get a little louder And then when we have the voice of like the inner critic or the judgment or the self-doubt, or maybe it's the voices of people outside of us telling us don't do that, or that doesn't make sense, or that's not responsible, whatever those voices are. It's like, I think we need to learn to navigate those better and not let them control us. So it's like, you want to turn the volume down on those and turn the Mm -hmm. volume up on your own inner brilliance and intuition. 
because we have it. And I fully believe like when we, that is the authentic version of us. That's the version of us that wants to be seen and shown into the world. And I believe it's honored when we take steps towards it. I was listening to your first one and you were saying, I had this idea, this like intuitive thought, and then I did it. And then it was rewarded. Like you said, you opened up your spa and then you didn't do any work. And then these people just came that were like, they were like incredible. And I find from my experience, like when I begin to move, like when I trust that voice and I take action, I find it supported. Like it almost is crazy how it's supported. Like I knew I wanted to leave my job in advertising and I went to the Dominican Republic for a wedding while I was working in my career and it was for a friend's wedding. And then I found like, I decided to stay a few extra days. I went to, I found a yoga retreat center and I fell in love with it. Like I, I got there and I was like, the voice was like, I know I'm going to live here. Like not be, stay. I'm going to live here. (laughs) I know I'm going to live here. And I know I'm going to work with the woman who created it. I just had a feeling. And so I stayed in touch with her. So that was in November. And then I think it was like, let's say January or February that I messaged her. And I was like, how would you feel about me coming and living there and like working for you? And she goes, yes, come tomorrow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. And so... And what she was my, I think of it as like a lily pad, but she was like my landing pad to leave my career. I was so scared. I was so scared to leave my career in advertising to pursue. And at the time, I didn't know if it was coaching or if it was to be like an Ayurvedic doctor or yoga. I didn't know. I was like, I just want to explore holistic healing and I want to heal. Like I want to go on my own healing journey and explore what that looks like for me to like share it with the world. And she made that safe. And she was so just given to me. I almost didn't go to that wedding. I absolutely Mm -hmm. almost didn't stay at that retreat center. Like all these things had to fall into place for me to connect with this person. And so she gave me permission to quit my job. Basically it was like by her saying, yes, you have somewhere to stay. You don't have to pay for food. You don't have to pay for housing. I will pay you as much as I can, like come here and stay as long as you want. Like it was just crazy. And so I, it made it safe for me to quit my job and like pursue this dream of mine. And so I went there, I quit my job. And the funny thing was I'm in the airport, I'm on the way there. And I wanted to work with this woman in an apprenticeship. And she messaged me. She was like, just so you know, my husband and I separated and I don't live at the property anymore. And I was (laughs) like, oh my God, I just quit my job to hang out with you for five months. What do you mean? (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) And so, I mean, she was still there and like, it was the most perfect experience and wildly imperfect at the same time. And I still learned from her, but it wasn't what I expected. It wasn't what I planned, but it was funny because I was like, well, my stuff's in storage. I quit my job. I'm going, you know? And it was seriously one of the most magical and uncomfortable experiences of my life because I was totally outside my comfort zone, having existential crises every other day about what am I doing with my life? But I just kept following it. I kept following like this voice inside of me that was just keep going, keep being with these practices. And I lived at this beautiful retreat center. I ran retreats. I ran the center. I did an apprenticeship. I taught yoga every day. Like it was so beautiful to watch people just heal. And it lit up my passion for the work I do because I see how people can transform. I've seen it over and over again. 
and I see how people want to, and they need it and they have pain and they need support. And that experience really made that possible for me. Uh, And I just felt so supported because I was being brave and following my truth. And and I just, I guess I believe that that happens when we decide to really follow that part of us. Right, for sure. I know we talked about one of your favorite people is Brene Brown. For some reason that was coming from that, like how she's being, you know, vulnerable and courageous and, you know, all that stuff is like, reminded me of that. I just had to put that in there. But we are coming to the end of our hour and I wanted to make sure we talk about, so we're, we get to where you are now and what you're doing and what lights you up and how you have created this amazing business. The people that you've helped and who you're helping, can you kind of go there before we have to end? Oh, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So I have a coaching and consulting business where I kind of tie together all the things that I studied. So from my career in advertising to my deep study in holistic health. I'm a certified life coach. And so I work with individuals and groups as to how to support them of doing exactly what I went on my journey to do, which it's like doing the work for yourself, like connecting with yourself, stepping boldly into a big idea that you have for yourself. And I actually really love to work with people that are in service of others that want to do this work so they can impact the world in a powerful way. And it takes a lot of work and bravery. And I love to support people through that entire journey, whether it's like building out your business plan or doing the internal work of removing limiting beliefs. Like I love the whole picture of working with people. So that's the work that I do now. I work in groups and individuals. And if anybody's interested, they can, I I said, you'll probably put my website on there. Yeah, what is it? Tell tell everybody. So it's com. A-F-T-A-N-A-S is the last name, or my Instagram is mindfuljordan. And you can find me there. And I have workshops weekly and I do discovery calls with people. So I love meeting new people through this work and seeing if it feels aligned for them. So, yeah. Thank you, Jordan. I loved it. And if you could do one little last takeaway, little Jordan, like what would be your magic, you know, what would add magic to someone's life if they could add one thing to their day? Like even if it's a ritual that you do or one little mindset trick that you really think is important to add, that you add to your life or your daily routine. What I add to my life. Mm. What do you do in your morning? Do you do anything that you have to do every yeah. day? I do journal and meditate every day. But the thing that I would say that I really encourage people to do is to love their truth, to like love the truth of who they are and like to feel brave and like safe to accept, like express it. Because I believe like, I just believe in the power of us being our full selves. And I believe that the world needs us to be our full selves. So every day, I think I try to remove any, any layer of me that is holding me back from doing that, even if it feels small, but how do you honor yourself every day? How do you honor your truth every day? Yeah. Oh, that's beyond beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And, you know, as as I could, you could be my child. (laughs) I look at you and think, you know, I just admire you. I admire you. I look up to you. I think, wow, you're going to give your gift that you really, by taking the steps that you've taken and gone through your fear and done all the things you did now that everyone knows your amazing story, it will encourage them to do that. And I think you've, yeah. you've changed lives. People that listen to this are going to be so empowered to do that. And I'm so grateful because in my life, that is something that I really learned. And 
to be able to see somebody who did it and did it so young mm. and to give these girls, especially now in this, you know, I have my one, I was telling you about Emily, who's, you know, in Seattle working at a coffee shop, went to Gonzaga, has a marketing degree like you, yeah. you know, and, so, and kind of feels like, you know, there's no jobs, you know, it's just a hard time to really become like be that person is going to get this amazing marketing job, you know, because of mm-hmm. the economy and all that. But, you know, you give that hope and you give, you know, if you can just do that. Yeah. Just take that little step and then learn that time that you're sitting there going, okay, I got empowered. I can do it again. And then absolutely. do it again. And then it just builds. Yeah, right? absolutely. Oh, of course. And I think you and I were talking about this too, but it's like when people admire like, the things we've done or the steps we've taken or the brave acts we've done. It's like, I really believe I don't have anything that you don't have. Like, I believe we all have the capability to do that. You just have to nurture it, to make the commitment, to utilize the tools, to do all the things. Like we all have it. We all have it within us. It is not inherently either you do or don't. I believe we all have the ability to live our truths, to be brave, to step into something that excites us. It's like, just be patient and make the commitment and practice. But it's like, it's absolutely possible. And it's just a little dormant within you. So how do you awaken it? You know, how do you awaken that part of you that wants to be alive in the world? And that's the thing that I love the most is watching people awaken to their own power. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So much, Jordan. You're yeah, thanks for having an angel. me. Aww. You're so welcome. It's been such an honor to get to know you and have you on the show and share you with my listeners. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate you. Yeah, me too. Such a Thank joy. You. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions, comments, or feedback, please contact me at the Uncover Your Magic website. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, always look for the magic.